Welcome once again to another episode of Mike, Mike, and Oscar. I am your co-host, Mike. One co-host, also Mike, in a moment, as we bring you this Oscar race checkpoint, checking in on the first big film festival of the season en route to Oscars night 2023. Michael, we're talking about Cannes today. Yeah, Cannes has started. We're about, I don't know, three and a half days in. So this is like the first weekend's worth of stuff, even though like Triangle of Sadness is premiering as we speak. We're recording mm-hmm. this Saturday afternoon uh, for you guys, probably on a Sunday, Sunday afternoon thing. And uh, yeah, so we're waiting to hear the rest of the fest. We'll do more Oscar race checkpoints to cover it. But I got to tell you, Mike, I'm really proud of like friends of MMO, Amy Smith, mm-hmm. Scott Feinberg, Clayton Davis, uh, and Thompson. They're all covering the hell out of this festival, doing a great job. And uh, we're going to mention a bunch of them, their reviews today. We're going to mention a bunch of uh, other reviewers today. We're going to review the reviewers. And we are the aggra- aggregators from hell, the scourge <laughs> of film Twitter, yes. as usual, yeah. but especially today because we're just jealous and envious that we're not there yeah Yeah. i'm gonna yell at amy smith next time she's on for not inviting us and having us be her two guests of honor uh and we are the bane of bill simmons's existence by being aggregators but that's uh, what we're doing and what we usually do i mean we're going around film twitter we're going around all the critics and we're bringing reviews and up-to-date stuff as up-to-date sightings as to you know what's on the lookout what might be an oscars player what might be uh doing better than expected maybe some things that are doing a little more disappointingly than expected but it is uh it's the first look at the major film festival we've had some major players break from can and have oscars legs in recent years so it's as good a place as any to start and really look forward to the award season to come yeah, especially last season, and especially the the biggest season of uh, our coverage of the Oscars, the Parasite year. So this has been a festival that's made its Oscars mark, Michael. And yet, if that's that was the first head-to-head loss for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood back yeah, when. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. you only have good memories of that year. All right, let's start with the, the worst thing to happen in 2020. I tell you, <laughs> the worst by far. Let's start with the opening film. It is Final Cut. This is a remake of One Cut of the Dead. This is a zombie comedy. This is directed by the artist Oscar winner for best director, the artist uh, best picture winner director uh, Michelle Hazanavichus, and this good is job. starting starring Romain Dury from All the Money in the World and his wife, uh, Berenice Beijou, uh, of the artist as well. Look, right now, final cut, 64% on Rotten Tomatoes via 25 reviews, 52 Metascore. That's Mm. a bit surprising when you consider One Cut of the Dead was 100% Rotten Tomatoes on 95 reviews, hugely high audience score, 97% there. So you would have figured if they picked it as the opening film, it would have been more of a rave review, I'd say. Yeah, and, uh, but unfortunately, and we'll talk about the trailer in a minute, but, uh, the, you know, a 52 Metascore is kind of the vibe I got from the trailer, from the look at it. Yeah, I, it's not a great trailer, and there's uh, there's a language barrier, like you'll say, but mm. uh, let's let's review the reviewers. We have David sure. Ehrlich of IndieWire. Uh, if you make a good movie to celebrate bad movies, you get Ed Wood. If you like make that. a bad movie to celebrate bad movies, you, you just get more bad movies. <laughs> that and this checks is, out. This is definitely one of them. <laughs> yeah, it's been fun, too, uh, watching the reviewers and trying to watch them, how, how they're going to handle saying they're let down by something. And there's some people that have a tough time doing it and won't go out and you won't say a negative word regardless of anything. And then there's other people who like make comedy bits about it. And then there's still other people who are just like, this was bad. <laughs> I did yeah. not enjoy my time with this. You'll see a lot of reviews on Twitter. And then not a lot of Rotten Tomato numbers mm-hmm. because they just they won't. And I get it. I mean, it's 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 a good impulse, but you know, do the job, man. Well, I tell you what, though, Amy Smith has been doing the job on both fronts, though Twitter yeah, and has. putting her reviews out on Next Best Picture. Make sure you guys go read them. Make sure you follow her at Films with Amy. She's been going against the grain, and she did that with Final Cut to start off. Aside from a few pacing issues, Final Cut is a lot of fun. Plenty of surprises to keep you guessing and certainly a film to see in a large crowd. A fantastic opening filled for Cannes. I immediately want to watch it again. And this is like 
this is like a, a happy moment for me because it's just that's a great movie that I that I, that's discovered. Thank you, Woj, a couple years ago. And You're talking about one cut, one of, the cut dead. of the dead. Yeah. So I, I'm I'm really thrilled that she's going against the grain to love the movie uh, after being a friend of MMO so much in the, in the in the fall, Mike. And it's somebody that you can trust because Amy is one of those people I was alluding to. She's had a couple of reviews where she's like, "This didn't work for me. I'm not. A, I do not like this movie. It did yeah. not." And obviously, she's not talking about Final Cut here. So her going against the grain or against what the majority of critics have had to say, that's got to warm the cockles of your heart too, Michael, because you've had a couple of film festivals recently where you too have been like, look, the majority of critics are saying this. I feel this way about it. I don't understand it. Somebody can straighten me out, but this is how I feel. So she's kind of taking a page out of your book there. Yeah, I, I, I take all the credit. You're right. You should. Um, yeah, that's I, all as, I as we should uh, take all the... <laughs> no, I think, uh, I think I block that's those That's what she things. gets for not inviting us. Take that, Amy. That's right. No, I block, I block all that out of my memory. The Dune, <laughs> the Dune reviews never happened. Mm-hmm. What else? Widows? No. What else? There's been a couple. There's been a couple from, uh, from just the, this past year. West Side like, Story. Maybe it was Sundance, too. I remember one specifically where there was a horror movie where you were like, everyone says this is bad, but I really liked it. Watcher, Watcher. Is I like it? Watcher. Yeah, yeah. There you with go. the the girl from. Uh, yes, 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 yes. Um, uh, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Progressive commercials. Maka Monroe is yes, in Watcher. That's it. That's it. What's the horror movie that she's famous for? Somebody help me. I'm literally asking. I um, made it out like, as a joke. It follows. Uh, it follows. It follows. Yes. Dear yeah. God, your brains—the yeah. brains don't work anymore when you hit nah. a certain age. Yeah. Uh, unless, and even when you're caffe- caffeinated, they don't work. Mike, I don't <laughs> want to read the premise because I want to keep the final cut things fresh, uh, or you know, the story fresh for people. But, sure. Uh, I shouldn't have put that there, but we didn't like the trailer at all. Well, it's not the greatest sign of confidence for the studio believing that a movie can stand on its own marketing when they include the title of the original film they're remaking in an overly long title of the trailer to try and catch more of the YouTube algorithm, you know? Because yeah. if you, I know it's JoeBlow.com, but if you, the title of this trailer is Final Cut Trailer 2022 French One Cut of the Dead Remake. Mm. It's, it's an overstuffed thing. That doesn't... Give a lot of confidence, and I, I, I'm, I'm given even less confidence by watching the trailer. There's just, yeah, there's a language barrier, and it's all in French. But we have no zombies. We're focusing in this trailer only on the zombie movie being made within the plot of this film. There's a lot of quick cuts, a lot of noises, a lot of sound effects. It seems to like just be overly compensating. Yeah, it's a guy yelling in another person's face yeah. for most of it, which again, you know, tracks based on the original film, but. Uh, doesn't really work unless you can speak French, I'm guessing. Which, you know, both of you and I are fluent in the way we handle no, all these names throughout MMO history. That's a that's a we problem there. I'll be the, the goose and maverick. We. O-U-I? We? Or, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so worst joke. Thank you. Oh, uh, no, I, gotta, I, gotta, I have a jokes. worse one coming. I have a worse one coming. I promise you. I wrote it down. I was very proud of myself. We'll get to it. I'm supposed about- to have the worst jokes these days. <laughs> I just became the uncle. That's You've true. been an uncle for a long time. You should be getting back to <laughs> actual humor. Yeah. What's happening? Uh, do you plan on getting to this one? I want to see this. Yeah. It's it's a fun story. It's got a, it's got a great finale. I would say uh, the original again. So I mean, yeah, I, I'm trusting Amy on this one. I'm uh, I'm trusting Amy all day here. Yeah, I want to see it based on Amy's review. I don't know that I want to. I'd want to see it based on obviously the Metascore and based on the trailer itself. But I, I'll I'll get to it because of Amy. And if I don't like it, it'll be her fault. You're gonna be in lose lose territory, Amy. Uh, just <laughs> letting you know if you're listening with uh, with this guy on the other line, Top Gun Maverick, Michael. Yeah, speaking of win win, we can talk about Top Gun Maverick, which is out of competition, but the reviews have been incredibly high, ninety six percent right now on Rotten Tomato on one hundred and thirty three reviews and eighty one Metascore. So this is going to be a Best Picture contender, right? Well, we have our first time of a yeah. t- timed applause of the day here. We have a five minute standing ovation. And this was tweeted out by a lot of folks, Variety included. And I really appreciate Variety leaning into this. They're posting, yeah. they're posting uh, stories based on all of these applause breaks. And we have uh, Tom Cruise receiving a uh, surprise Palme d'Or uh, at the premiere. We have Ann Thompson calling, you know, the first day of Cannes Tom Cruise Day. And then we have a five-minute standing O for Top Gun Maverick. Yeah, Cannes has been leaning into being the home for these 
giant action debut pieces. The Memorial Day uh, debut movie. Last year was Fast and Furious. Now it's Top Gun Maverick. And I, I agree with you. It's nice to see these publications going hard into making our jobs easier as the unofficial official standing ovation at the film festival record keepers here. Mm-hmm. Uh, five minute for the Palme d'Or bestowed upon Mr. Cruz. I believe Maverick, the movie, got a six-minute standing ovation. We're going to talk about others' uh, standing ovation time lengths. Again, as always, I ask, what the hell do you do for that? Are are people honestly clapping for just five to six minutes at a time? Like, you got to get tired, don't you? Yes. Yes, you do get tired. (laughs) Uh, As somebody who clapped and who timed it with a stopwatch back in New York last year. Right. Right. Uh, You literally did this. Did this. And it's it's weird because you're like, no, come on. You got to stop. You got no, you got to keep going. (laughs) And it's everybody. Everybody is just they're all Orson Welles from the. You know, Citizen <laughs> right, Kane gift, right? But I, I am, I, I, I literally, when I'm watching something like that happen, like when I'm watching Pedro Almodovar get the standing mm-hmm. O for the longest of that festival, I forget what it was. Now here, you, you bragging about us being the counters, and I forget how long it oh, was. Oh, it wasn't just the New York Film Festival. Yeah, but yeah. well, I just forget how long the ovation was. Oh, right, I, right, right. Because I get mad at the minute, you know, them rounding to the minute. Sure. Really do. You want, yeah. Well, that's part of our. We should get mad. one decimal the, place. One official official record holder. That's right. Yeah, record keepers. I, yeah, I want that's... one to the second and one decimal place. That's the only proper way to time anything right. uh, with a with a with a watch of any sort. Anyway, I get I get mad about how young Tom Cruise still looks because looking at these pictures from him on the can stage, this is the first time since I, I don't even know when. Uh, Gilbert Grape, maybe, that he's looked at all past the age of 30. Like, you could see him being a 45-year-old man in these pictures, and I say that with the utmost respect, which also isn't bad for a guy who's turning 60 in July. Right. But he, he looked a little... looked. A, he, I'm getting to the point with him where it's like, maybe you don't jump out of that plane for the next movie, you know? Wow. So this is... You're throwing shots out there. You're going to say... Well, I, I, look, he looks say, great! You're going to say Tom Cruise looks his age. <laughs> No, Is that what you just no. said? I just said he looks 45. <laughs> <laughs> he just filled the movie in space. Yeah, he's unbelievable. Yeah, the, the French Riviera there, it's a bright light. It's a bright light from that sun. Maybe that's it. Let's let's not go and get our pictures taken there then. That's the... <laughs> So it'll be like what we do in the shadows. We actually look like Stadler and Waldorf from the Muppets. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Armageddon Time. This is uh, directed by James Gray of Ad Astra. My favorite. 93% on 28 <laughs> reviews. Starring Jeremy Strong of Succession and Hathaway in that dress. My God. I usually don't geek out about that. But that was like a... Oh my god, it's like a they ribbon. They look like a couple too, the oh, two of them. Anyway, uh Anthony Hopkins supporting role and lots of buzz, lots of fun acting buzz for for new arrivals, young actors, Michael Banks and Jalen Webb. Another standing ovation alert. 7 minutes for Armageddon. Which I time. think is the current record holder thus far for right. Can. I mean, obviously we're recording this like you said on on Saturday the 21st, so things may change and I expect them to, but 7 minutes right now as the unofficial official record keepers for film festival standing ovations as we are here at Mike Mike and Oscar. We got to do something. Right we got to give ourselves yeah. some title. <laughs> some point. <laughs> got to make it about us in some way, damn it. Armageddon time a lot of favorable reviews. A lot of uh, reviews, that, at least that, that I saw, that I, I, you know, at Astra was its kind of own polarizing thing. I think I was expecting more of the same, but it looks like Gray gets awfully autobiographical in this, and it paid off. This is a rare and very welcome interrogation of the past. That's from Raphael Motomayor of Slash Film. Uh, we have a nuanced exploration of situational ec- ethics tinged with guilt uh it's a small near perfect new york story there should be a period there joshua rothkoff <laughs> what is what is he did t- t- take that yeah that's that clause doesn't work oh well, maybe it does technically all right i go back on it anyway a nuanced exploit yeah no there's that's a clause all right uh i'll give it to him but all it right. wasn't all raves and i must say like I, I'm just thrilled with her again. We have Amy Smith saying it's 
Armageddon Time is the first major disappointment of the festival. Characters are left with no development, important themes are ditched, and only Jeremy Strong is given a role big enough to chew on. This won't maintain Oscar buzz, says Amy. So I just, again, just pride billowing that she's one of, uh, you know, our, our our guests on the show take take the pundit parade on head on i mean that a girl <laughs> stand in front of it that's right stand in front of it and just like like 11 scream at it I, I, it's great <laughs> i can't wait for stranger things season four by the way exactly um but jeremy strong did say that armageddon time the events of armageddon time can be seen as pretty much the basis or the start for how something like succession could happen so smart job by him on the red carpet trying to tie in those two things and try to get the fans of Succession interested in that. There's also a cameo I read um, from someone playing Donald Trump's father So uh, yeah. in, within the movie. so And Mrs. That, Trump, yeah, by the way. Yep, you could see mm-hmm. maybe the starts of something there and see how New York City got to the place it is now. It is fascinating. I would say you could watch The Gilded Age on HBO Max uh, for <laughs> also this. Mm-hmm. But look, I, I'm not as big of a fan of James Gray after Ad Astra, so I'm biased. This probably should have showed up on one of my top ten worried lists, but I didn't want to pile on to James Gray being mm-hmm. that Ad Astra was such a big show for us. I don't, I can't remember how. Probably the strength of your title. Um, <laughs> it was, it was probably the best title I've ever made. I, I will pat myself on the back. In for space, that. nobody can hear you. Storyboard, <laughs> pretty good. Pretty good title for an episode right there. Uh, Ad Astra was coming off of, you know, the the, the Lost City of Z, which was a, a movie I, I liked quite a yeah, bit, though. So, same. Yeah, James Gray's been up and down for me. I'm uh, I'm intrigued, and I ju- and now I have to see it because Amy's going against right. all these heavy hitters. So that's perfect. Right. Uh, Three thousand years of longing. We do have some. Back and forth on this one. I am riding waves of emotion right now for 3,000 Years of Longing because this has shown up twice on my top 10 uh, lists in terms of films I'm worried about. Of course, it's directed by George Miller, 3,000 Years of Longing, uh, his follow-up to Mad Max Fury Road. Uh, He is also the director of Lorenzo Zoil, one word, (laughs) uh, starring Idris Elba and Tilda Swinton. 77% 77% now on Rotten Tomatoes after 13 reviews. We have a standing ovation alert that yeah. three, that 3,000 Years of Longing got six minutes of standing O's. And right. we have conflicting pieces from two of our favorite pundits, Clayton Davis and Scott Feinberg, arguing about whether or not 3,000 Years of Longing will be a best picture contender. Yeah, so Clayton Davis seems to be convinced that it will be. Scott is on the other side of that, say, pretty adamant, saying that it won't be. Uh, I think Film Twitter... I, I Clayton wasn't the only one I saw hyping this up as something that could be in the best picture conversation. I'll just say that. The trailer, you could see it. I mean, you know, you could understand if everything goes right, but it seems that when this debuted, it had more positive momentum than even just a day later now where there seems to be maybe more of a, a backlash to all the positive word of mouth that came out of it. I really love some of the Twitter reviews on this one. And I'm not a huge fan of Twitter reviews, mm-hmm. but Ann Thompson at AK Stanwick said, George Miller's 3000 years of longing is unlike anything you've ever experienced. Dot, dot, dot. He tells a bang of a tale. She makes three wishes. <laughs> I love, I love that. That's how the tweet ends. Uh, Jason, I don't know who this guy is, but Jason, Oh, uh, SIA at FFF Reviews, he said, what starts off about two desperately lonely souls that find each other under the strangest of circumstances, despite being millenniums apart, develops into into one of the most panty-melting, passionate, and intimate romances I've ever seen. (laughs) Something we've all been waiting for is that Tilda Swinton, Idris Elba, gin romance. The elf... The uh, <laughs> what's the, immortal, immortal vampire? Being, yep. <laughs> yeah, we're ready. We're ready for the elf vampire romance. Uh, trailer, I have to say, was great. We we got a full trailer for Three Thousand Years of Longing. This looks like a fun genie story. A great poster. I love the uh, comparisons on film Twitter for uh, everything, everywhere, all at once. You mean and every gin elbow wear all at one shape of dust? <laughs> 
go. Uh, that's a good job by Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Nailed that makes it. Up. That makes up for the uh, the joke earlier, which was what again? What I was don't that even joke remember. I, I honestly, I'm, I need don't to remember, remember now because it was it was really. When bad. I came up with every gin elbow wear, I I was done writing in the dock. <laughs> yeah, you kind of you kind of like to uh, hit the high scorn. <laughs> Score, yeah, hit the high, go out on a high note. <laughs> uh, a very fun conflict that we have Tilda Swin- Swinton being like the mark, mm-hmm. right, of the genie, but she is not gullible at all. Like, she won't wish. She does. She knows all the genie stories as cautionary tales. She doesn't want to do it. And then in the trailer and in Ann Thompson's review, you hear her making a wish, which, again, you see this impossible conflict. This is not the tone I was expecting for this movie. It's it's more... It's not a comedy, but it's, like, aloof, I think. It's a spectacle, yeah. too. Well, it yeah, is. and it, it, it is aloof, but I think that's what you want in a genie story. If you're going to tell the full-blown genie story, it's got to be big and colorful and crazy. So this is like the Mad Max Fury Road of genie stories... As the most obvious, that's why I don't, you know, review movies very often uh, in twit and tweets. <laughs> well, I wonder if if putting out that snapshot that they did, that one still of of Tilda and Idris, was intentional because that looks like overly serious. That was the worst still. It still is a terrible, <laughs> stupid still that should make everybody worry. And then you have this huge canvas with all this gaudy set design and costumes. I mean, the Idris Elba costume. It's huge. It's not it has the ears are the the smallest part of it. He's got these, you know, prize fighters robe that he wears around <laughs> trying to blend in. <laughs> it looks ridiculous. It's like satin. He's got, you know, he, he, half the time he's melting away into the lamp or whatever. I mean, it's it's this crazy costume. I thought this would be also more character driven. I guess this seems to be VFX reliant, which wasn't again not something I expected. But it looks great, at least in the trailer. I, I expected when I when I saw the cast just these two that it was going to be just these same. two in a room. Same. Yep. But no, it's a huge cast. They're going to be, you know, going. They're going to be hopping from one millennia to the the other. It looks like. I didn't realize story. either how much your worry about this had tainted my desire really? for this movie because this is a development. I'm. Hearing all the positive reviews, I found myself being disappointed, and I guess I was like, "Why am I disappointed that this movie is being received well?" And I was like, "Oh, you could stick it to me." Well, no, what? I want yeah. you. I wanted you to be right about it, so I still hope huh. you are. But yeah, wow. your your feelings about this have kind of permeated my thoughts about it. Apparently, this is revealing right now because <laughs> I never root for you to be right. This is. This is showing every gin elbow wear all at one shape of dust. <laughs> duster. Yeah. Bro. It was it is a duster. It's a, quite the duster. I mean, the flowing. They say it's like fabric. shape of water and it's similar to everything. They everywhere did. All at once. I don't know. That's uh... no, it's your, it's your best work. I, I don't think you could fit it. <laughs> every gin elbow wear. <laughs> Are you uh, happy, sad, excited? How do you feel knowing that this is? Not maybe the car crash that it was seeming it might be. I tell you what, I want August to have some fun movies. It's yeah. usually a downtime for us, but it it, it should be a, more of a ramp up. If Bodies, 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 if Three Thousand Years of Longing makes for a, an eventful August, that is is really cool for us. And if if they have actual stakes in the Oscars race, that's even better. So uh, sorry, Scott, I'm actually rooting for Clayton on this one. Mm. That it is a, a contender. I, how we are going to view it, I have no idea. But uh, it would be it would be good for the MMO uh, world, and it would be good for our our summer. Yeah, I agree with that, and uh, I could not be more excited for Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. So if this one is something to look forward to, uh, I I certainly would sign up for that as well. Is it going to have the legs to be a Best Picture contender, like a couple people were saying? Look, I think I, I'm going to keep saying this message all throughout the roads to the Oscars this year. Any film that debuts prior to fall has a tall task ahead of it in order to be relevant and stay with the momentum it would need to make the best picture or make any kind of big eight category noise. That's just it looks like we are have a loaded second half of the year or at least last quarter of the year, I should say. Right. Hence the uh, fix the Oscars episode Mm -hmm. that we just went over where we echoed something that Mr. Feinberg said that uh, I would hope takes effect very soon. Academy. 
pay attention. All right, Tchaikovsky's wife. We'll get into some more rapid-fire reviews here. Tchaikovsky's wife uh, is 78% on 18 reviews. Uh, this is about the tumultuous relationship between Tchaikovsky, the most famous Russian composer of all time, and his wife, Antonina. Intense, brilliant, and complex Angel Quintana. Uh, we have a fevered, hypnotizing, meticulously detailed period piece with a protagonist so monomaniacal the film could almost be considered high camp. I love that review from Rory O'Connor of the film yeah. stage. Michael, there's been some controversy. You wrote like seven paragraphs. Can you can you limit uh, your commentary or, or maybe yeah. boil it down for me? Because I, I didn't read any. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's uh, uh, can, can't get out of their own way. Did that sum mm. it up well? <laughs> Every year yeah. there's some kind of crazy controversy tied up in can. Uh, usually it unfortunately has to do with, you know, misogyny, which we commented on a lot, but this, there, there is still that this year, but this is also another controversy that's that's reared its head because, uh, this movie was directed by Russian dissident Kirill Serebenikov. My apologies if I mispronounced that. And it was sponsored by a, uh, or at least produced, I should say, by the foundation run by a Russian state sponsored oligarch named Roman Abramovich. Uh, the director, Mr. Serebrennikov, and actually uh, uh, President Zelensky of Ukraine have kind of advocated that mm-hmm. Mr. Abramovich, even though he is a Russian oligarch, should not be subject to the sanctions by President Biden. He should be personally excluded. The Cannes director, uh, Thierry Frimo, came out and said when he was asked by, by reporters, why is this movie allowed to be shown if it does have Russian backing, if there's no Russian state media allowed on the cans for the film festival, he said, well, this was shot prior to Russia's invasion of Ukraine and completely. So we thought it was okay for it to be, to go forward. And then he went on to further explain that while there's some, you know, while the European union and while the United States are, are not siding with any countries in support of Russia, such as India, uh, India actually has a highlight piece or is a country of no uh, country of acclaim for this year's Cannes Film Festival. And he was asked why about that as well. And he said he's just Cannes doing their own thing. They don't agree with turning their back on uh, a country just because they're sided with Russia. So, again, I mean, it's anytime uh, Mr. Mr. Fremo takes the microphone in the last few years, it's been interesting, I would say. And this is no yeah. different. And. There's a couple different points of controversy about this, whether you want to talk about the uh, letting India not only be participate in Cannes, but have a kind of centerpiece uh, with it, or talking about this movie in particular. But uh, always something having going on with the Cannes Film Festival. And just shout out to Andreas Wiseman and uh, Mr. D'Alessandro there, both of Deadline, who have done a great job reporting on all of this. And it's certainly a theme of the weekend after the protests during the 3,000 mm-hmm. Years of Longing red carpet. Uh yeah, I don't know the ins and outs of that protest. Uh, there was a there was a protester that was hauled away there uh, with uh, blue and yellow uh, involved. Doing uh, naked, right? In, in her message. Yeah, she, it was body paint. Yeah. It was in front of uh, Zach Sharf, I want to say. All right. A variety there. So, Cannes always interesting. Always in- There's always stuff going on in the periphery of Cannes. Yeah, some guy named Jason Derulo fell down some steps, I saw again. <laughs> anyway, we have uh, God's Creatures, uh, 824. A lot of positive reviews for this and from the director's Fortnite. 93% on Rotten Tomatoes on 14 reviews. This is directed by uh, Sayla Davis and Ann Rose Homer. Emily Watson, uh, we need more Emily Watson these days. She was a fixture as mm. a, like an Oscar-winning, Oscar, Oscar-nominated Oscar actress, I should say, and like everything that I thought was uh, prestigious back when I was growing up and uh, Breaking the Waves, Hillary and Jackie, Red Dragon. Paul Mescal also, also stars in this. Uh, Emmy Nam for Normal People was also in The Lost Daughter. Michael, God's Creatures has a plot premise. In a windswept fishing village, a mother is torn between protecting her beloved son and her own sense of right and wrong. A lie she tells for him rips apart their family and close-knit community in, the, in this tense, sweepingly emotional epic. So am I the only one who thought immediately of Blow the Man Down or no? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's... It, you know, blow the man down should have been Irish. 
but it was Bostonian. <laughs> right. Uh, one and the same if you're talking about their basketball team anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, David Jenkins from Little White Lies. The cast fully commit to their meaty roles and the dark energy between Mezcal and Watson keeps things bobbing above the tide nicely. Nice Love words that there. imagery. Yeah. Imagery by David Jenkins. Neil Smith of Total Film says Atlantic Cod and Oyster Beds provide a pungent backdrop for this effective <laughs> fillet of atmospheric psychological drama. What great polls. Uh, great quotes and great great polls, Mike. Smelly fish. <laughs> Smelly fish puns for God's creatures. Uh, Amy Smith uh, saw this like this as well. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued. A, whenever A24 buys something, you're always intrigued. Uh, let's move on to One Fine Morning. This is directed by Mia Hansen-Love of Bergman Island. 92% on 13 reviews starring Leia Seydoux. Spectre, No Time to Die, Blue is the Warmest Color, Crimes of the Future. She was like in every film festival movie last year, for Christ's sake. Yeah, she was. Uh, and and she's doing it again uh, at Cannes with two movies at least, maybe one more. Anyway, with a father suffering from neurodegenerative disease, a young woman lives with her eight-year-old daughter. While struggling to secure a decent nursing home, she runs into a friend who, although being in a relationship, embarks an affair. That's... Hmm. You know, we get these, <laughs> this is not <laughs> apropos of this or really anything. This is just a random thought. But we get these synopses sometimes that just end on these sharp left-hand turns that don't necessarily have anything to do with the entirety of the synopsis. Yeah, remember the, like, sweet teen romance yeah. about going to Mars and space? Right. <laughs> Like, like, in the Tribeca show right, we did like what? not so long ago. <laughs> I guess it's intriguing, and it's going to lure you into wanting to see the movie more, but it's the, the neurodegenerative disease in the eight-year-old daughter and nursing home storyline have anything to do with meeting a friend who's having an affair? I'm just ranting know, right but, now. Well, yeah. I tell you what. Mia Hansen-Love, she makes good movies, so... I'm, I'm giving her the benefit of the doubt, and maybe I didn't need any of that premise, because uh, for all its tendency to soap opera, which I get now, mm -hmm. it has a lovely, happy, sad sweetness, says Peter Bradshaw of The Guardian. Uh, and then we have an immensely satisfying collaboration that finds both auteur and star further solidifying their spots among the greats of their respective wow. fields. And that's from The Hollywood Reporter, John Frosch. 92%, like you said, on 13 reviews, so it's being received well. Again, does it have the legs to make itself known and have be a contender and come Oscars time? That remains to be seen. We don't know yet. Maybe it can be at least a uh, player for the Indie Spirits. We'll see. Well, me and Hanson Love's been banging down the door for a while, mm -hmm. so... Let's hope. Uh, we got The Eight Mountains. This is directed by Felix von Groningen of Broken Circle Breakdown. Uh, that was Oscar nominated. This is 92% on 13 reviews. This is a story of friendship of children becoming. This is the longest premise ever. The Eight Mountains. <laughs> and apparently it's kind of a long movie, but it did uh -huh. get some reviews that essentially says it's long and slow. But it was one of the first movies I saw at the festival, and I still liked it. That's my <laughs> trans uh, that's my translation. Uh, 92% for a long movie, but I guess you could say the same about everything Terrence Malick's ever done. So mm -hmm. maybe that's one of those things where you got to kind of pick your poison if you're comfortable with it, if you can get nestled in there. I would not be able to take a long, boring movie if I was at Cannes, to be honest. And I'm not saying that, obviously, The Eight Mountains is. I don't know anything about it. But I just know myself, and, and based off word of mouth, and if I'm sitting there having my third or fourth showing of the day, which would be a tall task for me in the first place, mm -hmm. I, I would not be able to take something that uh, puts me to sleep. I would pass out. In a monkey suit, of all things. Right, Sweating. exactly. <laughs> Sweaty in a monkey suit. <laughs> Four-hour movie. Andale, Andale, Mama, Eo, Eo. <laughs> Here. Uh, <laughs> EO is the next movie, a 100% right now on 11 reviews. It follows a Duncan who encounters on his journey good and bad people, experiences joy and pain, exploring a vision of modern Europe through his eyes. What are we doing? I can't wait to see this. Come on. <laughs> Wouldn't this be one of the first movies you tried to see at the, this festival? Just the... the uh, through the eyes it's of a got, donkey. It's interesting. It's an interesting enough premise where I'm not going to forget that I've read it. I will admit that. People liked it. 100% on 11 reviews. Uh, people liked EO. 
He's not Eeyore. He's EO. Boy from <laughs> Heaven, Michael. We have 67% on 11 reviews. Uh, on the first day back after the summer holidays, the grandy mom collapses and dies in front of his students. Oh, no. In a prestigious university in Cairo. This marks the start of a ruthless battle for influence to take his place. Boy from Heaven. Oh, well, that's an interesting premise as well. Maybe he could use the donkey. Yeah, maybe. Oh, jeez. I'm on fire today. Uh, it's like I, the more, the more I, I just give in, the, the, the more you, you think it's okay. Father and soldier hunt. These are doing okay on the tomato scores. Omar size father and soldier has two positive reviews so far. He's got. You know, smash hits, Lupin and the Untouchables on his CV. I don't know if this movie's gonna, you know, do well here in the states. We'll see. Gaumont uh, took took up the international distribution rights. We're gonna get into acquisitions in a moment. That's a new story. We have Hunt. This is from Lee Jung Jae. He's the, of course, the lead of Squid Game, SAG winner, uh, and I think he won one more. I think it was Globe. Anyway, he's making his directorial debut. Some people liked it more than others. I know Scott Feinberg was a fan, and he was shouting out that this year's France is actually Korea in terms of the best international selection. Uh, uh-huh. Mike, we have Broker, Hirokazu Kurita, still still to come in this festival. We have Decision to Leave from Chanwick Park, and we have Lee Jung Jae's Hunt as you know three biggies already from South Korea, South Korean films. Even though Kurita is Japanese in terms of his ethnicity, I know from Shoplifters. I think anyway, it's not all that surprising. South Korea has been a stalwart of storytelling in cinema for the last two decades now. Yeah, this is cool. I just wish they spread it out the last couple of years a little more. We'd have more Oscars to talk about. But we do have acquisitions to mention here. We have A24 getting five big ones. God's Creatures Men showing up. The Stars at Noon and the Jerry G. Lewis Trouble in Mind documentary, Mike. Jerry Lee Lewis. Jerry Lee Lewis. Who'd I, who'd His I say? cousin was Jerry G. Lewis. Jerry G. Lewis. Yeah. Every gin elbowware. This is this this went off the rails even before we hit record today. This is what we get for a Saturday morning recording. We're just a holes the whole time. Silent Twins goes to focus, as does Armageddon Time. Uh, Silent Twins is uh, playing an uncertain regard over in Cannes right now. It stars Letitia Wright. Armageddon Time we've talked about already. Uh, R M N. IFC picked up that one. That's in competition right now. It's from former Palm winner Christian Mungu. 3,000 Years of Longing. That obviously got picked up by MGM. That's out of competition at Cannes right now. The Five Devils got picked up by Mubi. That's in the director's Fortnite section. Stars Adele Exarchopoulos. My apologies, but she's from Blue Greece. Is the Warming. She's from Greece. She's from Graham. She is from Greece. That's true. With that name, I'm, yeah. Now I'm doing it. Now you got me making the low hanging fruit <laughs> jokes. Decision to leave, which is still at Mubi. Mubi picked it up. We commented on that a couple episodes ago. Mubi making uh, moves. That's still, yes. Look, if Mubi can get into the best picture race, God bless them. Let's go. Uh, we got Neon making two purchases of Broker. That was before the festival. And Ennismen? Ennismen? E-N-Y-S, we'll figure it out eventually. Director's Fortnite. A lot of strong reviews for this one uh, that did premiere, uh, go on Matt Neglia's Twitter. I love his four-pronged tweets where he gives, he puts like four reactions. Yeah, in, the in reviews, yeah, that's good. I love those. Uh, we have Neon also picking up Moonage Daydream, the David Bowie doc, and of course, Crimes of the Future they've had for a while. Otherwise, we have mm-hmm. Sony Pictures Classic. Uh, they turn. They picked up Return to Soul, uh, so we'll have to wait to to take a you know take in the first impressions on Return to Soul, Michael. Twenty five year old French woman returns to Korea, the country she was born in, before being adopted by a French couple. For the very first time, she decides to track down her biological parents, but her journey takes a surprising turn. So that's kind of the melding of the two cultures that have been very prevalent maybe not maybe most prevalent i don't know i guess that's up to argument that's subjective but at least been very prevalent in the international feature category the last couple years melding the uh french and uh south korean worlds it's the nexus of the Cannes film festival the last few years maybe pretty cool all right well, well we'll wait and see sony pictures classics always with good taste there anyway we have some awards news and uh this concerns 
Oscars rule changes, Mike. Uh, during the uh, late Friday evening, we had news that the Academy had updated some rules, and one is returning to the old way of doing things, and that is the eligibility window will return to what it has been traditional for forever, the calendar year, January 1st to December 31st. We know that's been different the last two years because of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a return to the qualifying theatrical release uh, of at least seven consecutive days in one of six American markets, New York, L.A., Atlanta, Bay Area, Chicago, or Miami. Uh, so that is, is, is back. We have no more streaming ambiguity you have to premiere in a theater for seven consecutive days if you want to be eligible for the oscars uh what what do you think if memory serves they are keeping an adaptation for that theatrical rule though because wasn't it only three markets that were eligible they're keeping the bay Prior. area chicago yeah. miami atlanta yes yeah, so i think those are i think they've at least widened that out which i think is a smart move uh by them but otherwise Okay, I, you know, I, I think this summer is going to tell a lot about what age range is ready to return to the theaters. We've seen the numbers from polling, and people seem to be comfortable about going back to theaters. Obviously, we've seen the box office, but that's mostly been from Marvel stuff. So are the older, you know, the 35 and up crowd, are they ready to go back? Are the elderly crowds, the, the adult drama crowds ready to go back? We've seen those films struggle at the box office. So this is the Academy's way of saying they want those movies to play in theaters. I get it, but are they going to be playing to anyone? And if they don't, if those people, if those groups aren't ready to return to the cinema, will their box offices be held against them when it comes time for the Oscars like we've seen happen with films in the past? Downton Abbey is uh, playing very well so far this weekend. You set me up. What do you, what do you expect? What do you expect? To I didn't. I should have I should have seen it coming, but I didn't. It's going to make. Blindsided me. Yeah. You know, it's slated to make 18 right now. It's probably going to make 20. And we have Top Gun Maverick. That's everybody's tracking is going to make a ridiculous amount of money next weekend. Popcorn blockbusters have have proven their strength throughout the uh, hopefully end part of what will be the end part of this pandemic here. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping so. And and if this is the last straw to get uh, you know older moviegoers back in, it's it's a strong one, right? Because we have two movies that are irresistible for them: in Downton Abbey, A New yeah. Era, and Top Gun Maverick. Every gin, elbowware, <laughs> Mike. <laughs> they renamed documentary feature. It has been renamed to documentary feature film. Do you care? No. Why? Why? Document. Who are you hurting? Who are you helping with this? Documentary short subject has been renamed to documentary short film. Do you care? Okay. I, I I guess for uniformity's sake, yeah, it's nice to have those two subject. Those two categories have the same name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't. I don't necessarily think it's a big deal. Uh, we have a. I'm going to call it Doc Feature still. By the way, uh, you could do that. I don't care mm. either way. Thank you. Uh, we have a song cap though. This is this is interesting. We we cannot submit more than three songs for eligibility from one film. So apparently this was happening too much, and now Has, was it because we saw in recent years that that we were surprised that certain songs weren't being. Uh, included for eligibility and the reason that was happening was because the studio wanted to only focus on one song they were worried about vote splitting and cannibalization and they didn't want to run that risk it wouldn't be the so first I'm surprised time. to see the the academy have to take this proactive step like this well it wouldn't be the first time the academy tries to protect these studios from themselves right that's I mean, true. With some with some uh with some rule regulation so that's not mm -hmm. the worst thing otherwise there's like a the tweak to the campaigning rules and a tweak to the sound design exhibition that I really can't get my head around because it's probably over my head a bit because I'm not an Academy member, but apparently Best Sound Contenders, those films must be, must be exhibited now in full to the membership. I guess this wasn't happening. They were getting like 10-minute you know, sound design presentations perhaps. Our continued... Ignorance. Resistance. Just, yeah. No, yeah. Ignorance. No, you're right. It's knowledge. it's belligerent resistance. In the sound it's almost impressive at this point though. It's the, almost the impressive. audacity. Right. Um, <laughs> not to do our homework. Just in the sound category. And get an F in this class for five <laughs> we years do running. So much work and everything else. For five years running. 
Yeah. Uh, and then in regards to the campaigning, apparently distributors can now send viewing materials directly to members. And actually, I actually have a take on this because th- last year I think they put it all on the Academy website, like all the sh- all the like the uh, streaming extras, on DVD- service. Yeah, the DVD extras, right? And maybe yeah. people weren't click and play on those because you know, as a viewer of a streaming uh, a service, you know sometimes you get all of the extras whether it's in if you buy a movie on voodoo or amazon you, you sometimes get actri- access to mm-hmm. the extras do you ever watch them no neither do i so yeah. maybe that's maybe this is another proactive stance here to where they can spam your email folder and give you these links or faster, are, would you- is the academy kind of opening the door here for some golden globes like shenanigans because what what qualifies and what defines viewing materials is it a copy of the DVD plus this five thousand dollars in cash? You know what I mean. <laughs> I don't know. Is it just like could have could Belfast just send, you know, a live performance? Actual Kenneth Branagh on your well, doorstep. Well, no, Mr. Dornan performed right. uh, the hit song from the movie. Right. On one of the premiere stages after the you know after the movie exhibited for the first time. Yeah. And they could just send that via email. But God oh. forbid we show the voting. Click that charming link. <laughs> All right, we have ABC open to Chris Rock hosting the Oscars. This was... <laughs> Gee, you think? Well, this was from the horse's mouth, though. This is uh, Deadline interviewing president of ABC Entertainment, Chris Airwich. Of course, Scott Feinberg immediately tweeted back, like, duh, no duh. <laughs> Imagine if he came out and said, no, we have zero interest in Chris. <laughs> like, as a matter of fact, Will Smith was right. <laughs> Well, here's the the intrigue on this, because Wanda Sykes, Regina Hall and Amy Schumer, the first hosts in a while to get to mostly get acclaim for their performances. Right. Why wouldn't they be in talks to come back? Are they are they going to be like one and done? All right. We did it. We, yeah. Do we they even out. want to? That's my question. That's why That's, this is an intriguing yeah. story. It's, it's, it's a fair question. Look, I, I think regardless of who does host and uh, shout out to. Formerly Nomcast Andrew and now Recent Activity Andrew, uh, busting my chops about my ideas when we fixed the Oscars to have a host, which I still stand by and only made me more resolute in my opinion that I'm 100%. Oh, somebody questioned your opinion yeah. and you doubled down? What a sh- surprise. That's correct. Yeah, that's, I know. It doesn't happen often, <laughs> but when it does, it happens on a day that ends in Y. Um, I, don't, I don't know who's going to be host, but I think we all agree, and by all I mean you and me here at least, Mike, you're roping me in now? I don't well, even know. Well, I didn't it's, read it's that. was like a 47 text exchange. I didn't read well, it. Well, no, it has nothing to do with the hosting thing, but we, we do agree something is going to happen with Chris Rock and the Oscars this year. Yeah, something should happen. And wouldn't you want him to like host alongside any of the three uh, hosts from last year, sure. Sykes, Hall, or Schumer, if they came sure. back next to Why him? Why not? You know, they again, I think that principle is a strong one that they did in the – 60s was it you know having three or four hosts Mm -hmm. every year so if they're going back to that chris rock should probably be one of them and we should have a rep from from last year that that you know they did so well i mean maybe maybe if they don't have to write all the comedy for themselves maybe if they just you know write some jokes and you'll get better jokes like i thought we got last year i know some people are like they're mean I like mean humor sometimes. <laughs> I, I'm mean. I'm self-deprecating. They're self-deprecating. It, was, it wasn't even that mean. They weren't that mean. It really wasn't. I mean, they called, They said nobody saw The Last Duel. Guess what? The box office for The Last Duel, nobody saw The Last Duel. Nobody saw The Last Duel, even though most people liked The Last Duel. Right. Eventually saw it. Right. But that's yes. like the easiest low-hanging fruit right. of, exactly. of Oscar's monologue history. Everybody made that joke. Mm-hmm about a movie of the year I in any particular year it's always happened agree. i don't understand it why are they surprised I, I don't i don't get it but this is why ab's like the, the easiest thing and we should have said this on our fix the oscar show we've said it before we've asked feinberg about it how come every single oscars isn't like available on a streaming service for everybody to watch and rewatch again and again and again like the broadcast yeah, man. put it on youtube get the youtube channel going what are we doing? It's they, so I, by the way, they do have a YouTube channel. I know they do. I know they do. And their clips come up in my, my homepage and my algorithm all the time. But it's just that. It's just clips. It's three minutes of somebody, you know, accepting the award in this 
yeah. year. It's so random and it's spread out and there's not really any coherence to it. And there's certainly nothing like I was pitching. There's there's no, no. shows certainly. on there. You know what I mean? It's just it's the, the potential is right in front of you. I'm with that pitch. Go back and listen to our last episode. How we fix the Oscars again to see how Dennis Reynolds we've both become because we're just belligerently <laughs> golden gods over the, which by again, you know, the, these tangents are just they're boxing us into a labyrinth at this point. Uh we're in the shining. We're Dennis Miller. Michael the uh Dennis Miller in the shining. We're Dennis Miller in The Shining. I don't want to get off on a rant here, but red rum spelled backwards. <laughs> now I forget where I was even going. This is just, this is want, terrible. Want to wrap up with some trailers? I, I guess I have to, but I was, I, we're leaving that thread hanging. I'll come up, I'm, I'll, I'll come up with it in five minutes, I'm sure, okay. on our outro. Uh, Jerry and Marge go large. We have this movie coming to Tribeca, where I'm going to see it. We have it coming to Paramount Plus shortly afterward. Paramount Plus mm-hmm. might be cornering the white parents market. <laughs> like, if you can get your white parents one streaming service, it probably should be Paramount Plus. The Lost City, The Offer, The Making of the Godfather Show, which is pretty damn good. The yeah. Lost City, which is fun. And now Jerry and Marge go large. Brian Cranston, Larry Whitmore, Rain Wilson, Annette Benning. All mixing it up, having hilarious inter- character interactions, and then how fitting for a white parents movie about <laughs> breaking the lottery, essentially wide open and, and exploiting it. So it's like a gambling movie. And they're smarter than the lottery. You, you have the villains of that be a bunch of arrogant white college kids. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. thought this trailer is... I can't wait to see this movie. It's like the what Lifetime did for those overly borderline cheesy rom commies type stuff ripped from the headlines. Paramount Plus <laughs> is taking kind of the the more lighter tone with it with that type of thing. What was the uh, the Coupon Queen movie with uh, Reese Witherspoon, Paul Walter Hauser, Vince Vaughn? That is reminded me. This trailer reminded me exactly of that. It's the exact same type of tone. Queen pins. I think that's it. Isn't that Maybe? also Paramount Plus? Yeah, it is Paramount Plus as well. That's why it's, it's a Peacock. Be careful. No, I think I always sure get Paramount them Plus. confused. Maybe I tell you Peacock. what, though, I'm starting to watch Peacock and Paramount Plus more. I give them both a lot of credit. They're starting to get me. Are they getting you at all? No. Paramount Plus has has gotten me. Uh, Peacock, not so much yet, but Paramount Plus, I've I've definitely dabbled and spent some time on there. I just watched Firestarter on Peacock. Sorry, Eric, but I, I did watch it. You got me to watch it. I just didn't go to the movies to see it. I'm that lazy. But I think uh, I think that movie's a lot of fun. I'm shocked at how fun Firestarter is. It's terrible. Terrible. But the John, John Carpenter score, I just watched it this morning. John Carpenter score and the Zac Efron dialogue. Oh, my. Every time he says something, I'm laughing in his face. And it's all so serious. Stephen King. I screwed up, by the way. Not even close to Reese Witherspoon in uh, in uh, Queen Pins. There, it's 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 Kristen Bell. But yes, it was Paramount. Well, I didn't correct you on it. So again, you know, we're just skipping, frolicking <laughs> to he- this highway to hell together, as usual. This whole episode, hustle, Michael. This is Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler is a uh, scout for the uh, Philadelphia 76ers. And he's been doing this shit for 30 years. <laughs> and he's got Ben Foster, who's a dick boss, uh-huh. who says, that's not a request. That's an order. You <laughs> miss your kid's birthday again. And you go to this random gym and you scout these people. How but, many sport movie tropes can we fit into one trailer? However, however, I have to ask you this. Are we biased against this movie because both our teams traded a Hernan Gomez <laughs> like the Celtics traded Wancho and yeah. who's the star of this film right he's a real NBA player and mm-hmm. the Knicks traded Willie mm. for two second round picks when we when we should have just kept them and you know kept KP happier I'll still watch this it's probably more to do with Adam Sandler than it is my affinity for want the Wancho Hernan Gomez Boston Celtics era. Are, do you have grudges against Wancho? Or he barely played. He he was okay. a net nothing for Boston when he was on the team. So no, I don't really. I actually have fun. He's no Jonas Yurebko, Mike. Uh, 
I, I have no comeback for that. I can't <laughs> try to picture him. But I have fond memories of Willie playing. I was actually bummed when we traded him. That was a that, you know he was a true true four. Anyway, if Clint Eastwood could hear a great <laughs> hit hitter, right from yes <laughs> trouble, trouble with the with, curve trouble with the curve. We remember that immediately. <laughs> Reese Witherspoon's <laughs> CV. <laughs> and whatever the hell I was saying before, which hasn't come back to me yet. Anyway, what are Adam Sandler's superpowers as a scout in Hustle? What do you think? Uh, I imagine it's the ability to give the Hernan Gomez brothers great haircuts while fighting off bad guys with his feet at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good one. I have one I'll give you. Thank you. You've had garbage to throw. <laughs> this whole episode but that that was good what a terrible movie come for the oscars news stay for the you don't mess with the zohan jokes uh i love that happy madison and netflix they have nba's blessing here this could make for an awesome or an awesomely bad experience with hustle as we've learned with draft day eddie celtic pride Usually as far as just tone goes yeah. like with these movies, this one's more serious than I would have expected. But you get a bunch of collectively bargained inferences in yeah. a league-sponsored film, don't you? And you get all the goofy cameos of who they want to push that year. Mm-hmm. Like Ben Simmons will just show up. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he does. Can you imagine? He just doesn't shoot. They put him right under the hoop and he just keeps passing. <laughs> they just keep passing Ben <laughs> They just keep passing Ben Simmons. They don't acknowledge it. Who is this episode for? I don't know. I don't know. What did we do? Uh, there's a Golden Globes rumor, but we're not going to hit that yet. There's there's other stuff. But Night I think, Bitch was bought, was bought. Yeah, $25 million yeah. by Searchlight. I thought that was cool. That is cool. But it's not. It's just premiering on Hulu, or they're releasing uh, uh, release plans at a later date. So I don't know what they're doing with it. Night Bitch. Amy Amy Adams starring in a horror movie that I was you know I was a little bummed that it was going directly to Hulu I guess but they've been doing some cool stuff like did you see the Prey trailer from Hulu for yeah, the, you the you know the Predator trailer. Predator uh, franchise continuing no Looks no like I, this... I know about it but I did not watch it yet yeah these Native Americans are just in like this clearing and they're getting you know pursued by the Predator because mm-hmm. his laser thing. You know, the three-pronged laser thing pops up on the... Every gin elbowware is what I said. You did say that. That was... You caught uh, that. That was said on our show. (laughs) As always, what matters most to us is certainly not this inane rambling, but your thoughts. We want to hear from you. Do you have any takes about anything that's gone on so far in can any of the uh, reviews that we had in this episode or anything else we talk about here in the MMO Empire? You can leave us those as well as any other thoughts, comments, questions, or concerns on our social medias. As always, we are Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Facebook and Instagram at MM and Oscar on Twitter, Mike, Mike, and Oscar at gmail.com.com and on Reddit. We are available wherever you do hear podcasts. If you're listening to us on either the Apple Podcasts or Spotify app, if you would be so kind as to leave us a five-star review if you appreciate what we do here, or maybe even in spite of what we do here sometimes, uh, we would certainly thank you for that. Thank you to everyone who has done so thus far. Michael, let's have some words of wisdom and what's coming next from MMO. Uh, It is wise to just overhype all these movies at film festivals. Mm Mm-hmm. And then uh, all the jealous people across the uh, world will <laughs> snark at them, making ridiculous jokes yeah. Uh, yeah. nonstop. And uh, no, I, I, I think it's wise to, to, to read a lot of reviews. Don't just read some. Read a lot of them so that you can, you can get a wide array of uh, vantage points. And I will say that after a few years of the festival going... You know, the Amy Smiths of the world are, are, are checking the, the parades, which is great. But she's, you know, she's not the only one. So there's a, there's a lot of courageous film reviewers out there, film critics out there. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really proud of that. I Hold think it's a line. But it's less of a parade, don't you think? Don't you think that? I mean, a lot of these are 67%, 70% on Rotten Tomatoes right now. I feel good about that. I do feel good about that. I, I, I always like when there's a variety and there's not just the uh, the pundit parade where we're Hyping up Dune as something that can, you know, enable 
somebody crippled to walk again. Yes, Dune was uh, <laughs> lavished yeah. with praise, uh, but that but that worked against us, didn't it? Dude, yeah, know, yeah. It I mean, hurt that's us. the whole point. It hurt that, us. That's yeah, the whole point. I mean, that that, that yeah. never, that rarely, I should say, works out uh, in the film's favor. I think. Yeah. Well, what's coming next might have to be pushed. We're, we're going to figure this out. Because I know our moms are looking forward to, yeah. to it. But uh, Mike, Mike, and Moms had to be pushed to Monday. We, we were going to do it over the weekend, and then it, we were going to do it Monday. It was going to be the early next week episode as it was. So I don't know when we're going to ha- weigh in on Downton Abbey, A New Era. Uh, we're going to have to figure that out, Michael. But uh, it, it must be done. Uh, and whether... Must it? No, yes. <laughs> <laughs> whether we continue with the can reviews or we, uh, you know dive into the Mike, Mike and mom show. That's going to be coming up at some point. We've got some box office stuff. We got uh, top gun retrospective that we just did last week yep. uh, to get you guys ready for top gun Maverick. Uh, we've done some big specials. I'm proud of our, our programming this spring. It's been pretty, you know, we've, we've done momentous stuff somehow in our off season and we've done our, you know, we've done our mini series with the Easter eggers. Yeah. It and truly is award season yeah. year round. We don't just say that we, uh, we're trying to make things as, you know, we're covering the stuff we find enjoyment and entertainment in and trying to have it tie into something relevant and current. So we've uh, we've been able to do that thus far, which is pretty cool. We did. We, I mean, today was a lot of inane rambling, but I feel sure like I feel like 2020s podcast listing like we're doing those strangest movies back then. Full episodes on the strangest movies. But now it's just like a big event twice a week, no matter what. We're covering, mm. which is cool. Mm. It's it's it is encouraging for the movie world. Let's just say that. Maybe that's the actual wisdom, or just uh, blind hope. It's just blind <laughs> delusional levels delusional, of hope. Delusional hope. That's the MMO guarantee, guys. When reality sucks, you can get lost in the optimism with us. What? Uh, we are Mike, Mike, and Oscar trying to make award season year round. Without the stuff in us, we will see you all very soon. See you.